it's Friday and you're listening to TGIF, the podcast that brings you all the hilarious conversations about your favourite or not-so-favourite horror movies. I am your host, Kat, and this week I am joined by Dee. Hey, how are you going? Hi, I'm well. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. I've actually been so excited to be on this, like, all week. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel so wholesome. That's so nice. <laughs> the movie you chose, not yeah. so nice, but... <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although, um, I'm not going to lie, I've watched it twice this week. And I'm not as scared as what I th- thought I originally was. Wow, I can't relate. <laughs> Last night I made the decision that as much as I love this film, spoiler, I love this film... Um, I don't, I'm going to have to space out sitting through it. I, I'm still very much afraid. <laughs> oh, it's, it is scary. It is yeah, terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. just like, so when I first watched this, um, I promised myself I'd never watch it again. I was like, nope, never again. <laughs> I'm never watching that film. It's, I can't, I can't do it. And then when you chose it, I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to put my big girl pants on and I'm going to watch this movie. And it is really good. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's it one is. of those films that's definitely aged well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I was thinking that last night too because I, I waited till the last minute to watch it. So, <laughs> um, But I was, I was thinking that. I was like, this definitely holds up very well over yeah. the years. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm very. Like I'm. I'm happy that because sometimes it's hard to revisit films that you haven't seen in a long time. Because I I watched it twice before I watched it when it came out. I watched it later that year with family, um, and hadn't seen it since. But always had a respect for it. It was on my top uh, movies of the decade last year. I'm pretty sure it was in the number two spot next to Conjuring. Um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> And I I usually have a real big issue with supernatural horror. And I've been... I, like, spout about it. Every episode on my podcast, I'm like, can't do supernatural, can't do supernatural. And then lately, I've been watching a lot of supernatural horror, and I'm like, oh, it's really not... I've, it's like I've built this thing in my head where I just can't watch anything that I am really scared of. Like, I'm terrified of, like, getting attacked by ghosts. So... Oh, yeah. Things that had never really happened, but yeah, it scares me. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely relate to that. <laughs> Have you ever I could, been I could... attacked by a ghost? Or... No. Oh, okay. No, um, I've heard several ghost stories. I've encountered some su- supernatural things, um, very subtle, but um, supernatural horror films were like my. I don't even know the word for it but like they were like my go-to horror film because they scared me so much like I like I couldn't I couldn't get enough of fearing being killed by a ghost <laughs> um you're like I luckily, want to be this scared never, yeah I don't know what it yeah I, that's what it was I wanted that fear because nothing really scared me other than the supernatural for a very long time um yeah. things have changed now that I'm older but yeah, I still don't fuck with the supernatural shit. Like, I have... Oh, can I swear? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, awesome. I have a Ouija board um, tapestry, but I never, I've never, i never used it. I will never use a Ouija board. I don't yeah. communicate with ghosts. 
Like, I don't play that. No, please leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I really want to buy a Ouija board because there's this beautiful um, like couple that live in Europe. I'm not too sure where, but they have a Ouija board company. And they produce some of the most beautiful Ouija boards I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, I just wow. want one. I just want to hang it on my wall. I don't want to. I yeah. would never buy a plan, plan, planchette that had never come into my house because yeah, then that yeah, just adds yeah. temptation to. Yep. Nope. If just, I don't have it, it's, can't do it's it. It's for decor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's for my aesthetic. Yeah. Like I have some dead exactly. butterflies and stuff going, so a Ouija board only oh, yeah, makes that'd sense. Oh, be perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> However, in Sinister, they, this just is so unique. That it's not like they summoned anything. It's not a ghost that was haunting the house. So Scott Scott Derrickson, who wrote and directed the film. uh, I'm sorry, he didn't write it. He co-wrote it with um, C. Robert Cargill. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they really put a unique spin on this whole concept of the supernatural rather than it you know in the conjuring um it's a ghost that haunts the property and it's kind of i really like the angle that they take with this film yeah me too um i was thinking that it's almost like true crime murder mystery meets supernatural um and they really they do a great job of um, compartmentalizing that where the beginning of the film it's very true crimey it's very true crimey in the beginning and then towards the end it just like with the subtle stuff it leans into the supernatural um, and then it retraces back to things that happened at the beginning that were supernatural but we didn't realize were supernatural yeah. <laughs> and we were just like oh um, wait okay uh, excellent right that was all a part of the thing so I I yeah I'm watching it because when I when I first saw Sinister I've I was in my, you know, horror, I love horror phase, but I wasn't really analyzing film at the time because I was maybe like 17, 18 when the movie came out. Um, I'd only recently, maybe in the past two years, two, three years, started seriously analyzing, having these conversations about horror films um, and watching them attentively in that way. So it was so nice to be like, wow, this movie is like so good. It's so well put together. Oh my God. Yeah. I was so happy. <laughs> there are a few weak plot hole points for me, but we'll go into mm-hmm. that just because I was like, oh, yeah. they could have just not had that in the film and, and the film would be fine. So yeah. yeah, there are like some things, but it still gets like a five out of five for me because just everything yeah. else, like I'm a huge true crime fan. I love crime investigation movies. And so having mm-hmm. that with horror is just really cool. I really love it. Mm. It's kind of like Silence of the Lambs meets, you know, The Conjuring in a way, where it's like... Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. And it's so funny that, you know, I spent the last ten years being like, hell no. That movie, (laughs) never again. And it's just the jump scares. And now I have such a different appreciation for horror where I'm like no the jump scares are great I don't mind being scared anymore yeah yeah I mean like uh, hmm it's still scary but yeah yeah. and I didn't even think the jump scares would get me because a jump scare hasn't got me in a movie in a long time yeah because I'm usually really good at anticipating them but last night every jump scare got me (laughs) 
<laughs> every single one to the point i'm not gonna lie i'm in my bed pillow on my face volumes on like two yeah. i'm like i can't watch the last 15 minutes of this movie because <laughs> i know the last jump scare but i couldn't remember like when it happened yeah and i was like i don't want to throw the remote at the tv <laughs> I don't want to jump out of my window. So I literally just said, I'm not going to watch the last 15 minutes of this movie. I'm just going to listen to it. And when the scroll music starts, I will turn the movie on. <laughs> I like and the last so 15 minutes. Because things just go ham. And you're like, whoa, wait, yeah. what? Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I just had to listen to it. I couldn't see it. Yeah, I did have the first watch I did of it. I had the volume down with the subtitles on. So, yeah, not going to lie. And then I was like, okay, I have to actually watch the film now. Because a lot of the sound design and the soundtrack is Mm -hmm. really ominous and very anxiety inducing. It was, yeah, I just, I couldn't deal with it. Unsettling, upsets your stomach. Whoever they hired to do this did... An amazing job. Yeah, they hired Christopher Young, who also did um, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Um, oh, okay. He did The Grudge. And um, the Pet Cemetery 2019 Pet Cemetery. You yeah. know what? I really like the music from Grudge as well. I don't remember Emily Exorcism, or The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I don't remember the music very well, but I revisited The Grudge maybe about a year or two ago, and I was like, the music from this is actually really good. Yeah. And the Grudge like, is another perfect. film that's on my no, never again list. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it's my actually, next guest choose it. It's <laughs> not as good as I remember when I watched it. I was like, I don't really like this. I want to watch the remake. Like the story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, don't, don't, oh, don't. don't. That was my th- first theater watch of la- 2020. That's how 2020 started for me. <laughs> Biggest regret of my life. <laughs> well, it kind of just set the rest of the year up for you, you know? It could only yeah, go up did. from there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Man, that was so awful. Yeah. A waste of money. Oh, it, also, it's just a terrible film. Yeah, it was a really, really bad film. Oh, that's disappointing. I don't think there's anything redeeming about it. It's actually a prequel yeah it's a prequel or no 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 no. it takes place like right after the first movie but so it takes place around the same time as the first movie but it follows a different group of people oh okay so it's not like a retcon or anything it's just yeah yeah no it's just like it they did a bad job they just it it (laughs) It could have been so much better but (laughs) yeah Let's get started with Sinister. The 2012 release, um, obviously Scott Derrickson uh, produces where Jason Blum and Brian Kavanagh-Jones. I was really surprised to see this as a Blumhouse film. I I didn't even know that. I I forgot because it's in my Blumhouse ranked on Letterboxd. And I was like, (laughs) oh, how did I forget that? Because it's number two. <laughs> Next to Get Out, which is number one. Yes, um, a yeah, fantastic it, film. It was one of the, it's one of the earlier Blumhouse films. Yeah, because I am only new to like understanding like horror producers and directors, and I, like I've always loved horror films, but I've never really dove head first into understanding or knowing anything about anybody. I was like, ah, oh, just I really like horror films. That's it. 
now I need to know everything. <laughs> yeah, I feel that I'm right in the same area with you with the, doing the deep dives. Because um, I only, pretty much only appreciate the directors of films like the Saw films and VHS films, like films that I kept finding myself watching and the same director. I'm like, oh, okay, I like this director, but now I'm really getting into like producers and um, sound designers and things like that. Special effects. I've really gotten to like special effects. <laughs> Like in the past year, and like practical effects, I've because I've been watching a lot of older horror films, um, so I've been getting into that too. But enough of that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that. I've um I've always been like a big fan of like Sam Raimi and his stuff. So I always found myself mm-hmm. in these holes where Sam Raimi had worked with like certain people and Eli Roth, who I realized is problematic. So I. St- kind of following what he does mm-hmm. so I was like eh, no thanks <laughs> um, this opening scene is very foreboding about what the entire film is about so the film opens with some standard 8 footage of a family of four um, standing beneath a tree and then there's like they've got hoods on and nooses around their necks and then we see a um a branch like snap and it raises them above the ground which was really creepy not seeing like obviously we know that there's like a yeah there's a supernatural force because we know it's a supernatural movie that's about it (laughs) done yeah (laughs) um I just really hate when they start showing the extended footage later, and I'm like, no, don't. It does, like, it added to the film itself, but, like, it made the snuff films not as cool. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was saying about there's some parts that really weaken really strong parts of the film. Mm Mm-hmm. So then, a couple of months later, there's a family moving into a house so we've got ellison uh who's played by ethan hawk and his wife tracy who's played by juliet rylance i think that's how you say her name rylance i don't know i think so i've never seen her in anything else yeah me neither (laughs) (laughs) but i love ethan hawk so oh my gosh i'm so happy you get it i love him i love him so much yeah i am a huge fan yes i love it and the thing is, like, he's in so many sci-fi movies, that, and that's what I love. Mm-hmm. Like, I love sci-fi as well. And so I just, like, watch everything. Did you ever watch Gattaca? Yes! That's, oh like, gosh. one of I my favourite movies. in biology. And <laughs> it was so weird, because I was just like, why are we watching this movie? And then I watched it again in my philosophy class in college. But, yeah, my high school biology class, we were learning about DNA, and she was like, watch Gattaca. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, fell in love with it. Didn't think I would. Yeah. But I loved that movie a lot. It's so good. Ethan Hawke is so good in that. Um, who's the other guy that's in it? Um, I don't remember. I oh, just remember Jude, Ethan Is it Hawke. Jude Law? I, th- I think so. I think it's Jude Law. I'm not too sure. But that's totally irrelevant anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we love Ethan Hawke. That's what matters. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. And I really love that. Because the, the sheriff shows up and he's like, you know, you should just get out of here. But I love that there's two cops that are trying to get his autograph because he's a famous crime writer. And 
his wife is like, are we living near a crime scene? And he's like, no. Well, he didn't. He that's what she asked. He didn't. He, didn't lie. he did not. Yeah, where's the lie? And I just, I thought that was great. Because <laughs> I was like, he's not lying yeah. to her. He's telling her, no, we are not living two doors down from a crime scene. Nope. Nope. That was um, a great foreshadow for a first time watch. You wouldn't have even realized that. And then you get to it, you're like, oh, he lied. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't lie to her, though. <laughs> Right, you're right. Actually, he didn't lie. He he just withheld the truth, which is two different things. Totally two different things. <laughs> uh, and they're all moving into the house. They've got two kids, Trevor and Ashley. Um, Ashley is this uh, amazing artist who's allowed to paint on the walls in her bedroom, which I think is so cool. Super cool. Yeah, Trevor's a little bit... He, the kids... Do, Trevor doesn't really have much to do with this film at all. The kids really don't, which I think is good. Um, that it that it's just mainly Ellison and that's it mm-hmm. and his story. And I like that it's just all within the house. Like there's not a million different locations that they're going to, to confuse you. Mm-hmm. I really like that about this film. Yeah. They kept the characters very small, um, small cast. And I think it's actually telling that it focuses a lot on Ethan Hawke's character because Ethan Hawke's character is a little bit selfish. Yes. <laughs> and makes everything about him. So the fact that we follow the selfish protagonist, I think it's kind of perfect. Yeah. And it gets... Because really everybody else is just side characters in his yeah. story. <laughs> and that, yeah, in his life, they're just uh, right. NPCs, really, and that he interacts with yep. a couple of times a day and that's it. Yeah. Although I do like Deputy So-and-So. But I will get to that soon because I have a comment about yes. something he says. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm curious to hear. I'm always curious to hear what people think about Deputy So and So. Like I like him. I'm just. I have a gripe with something that he says. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the attic, um, Ethan's putting things away, and he finds a box with um, like some standard eight millimeter footage inside. So they just look like these home videos that he's stumbled upon. Um, So they're called uh, pool party, barbecue, lawn work, sleepy time and family hanging out, which look pretty innocent to me. Yeah. I guess. (laughs) Seems cute. Seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Maybe these are the films from the family that used to live here. Let's watch. Uh, no. They're snuff movies. Yeah. And (laughs) each one just seems to get devastatingly worse than the one before. Mm -hmm. It's, they're all really creepy. And I can't remember, the first film he put on was Barbecue. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because I think. it It was, or it was the camping trip. Uh, yes, yeah, because that's the barbecue one. So it's like shows oh, okay, the family yeah, together, okay. and then um, mm-hmm. later we see images of um, the family basically tied up inside a car, and then it's set on fire. Now, this is the specific music in this snuff film that gave me anxiety. I don't, it wasn't even the imagery that I saw. I was like, okay, car fire, 
people dying, it's going to happen in this movie, it's a horror movie. It was the music that was played, and it's kind of like this really eerie, um, like, it almost feels like Western music. Mm -hmm. Like that vibe, in a way. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was just really creepy. It creeped yeah. It's so off-putting, because it, like, the... The beginning of the snuff film, when the family's, like, enjoying themselves, there's, like, happy music playing. Yeah. And then it switches to the car scene, and then the music just gets so dark, so yeah. suddenly. Um, oh, my God. It really just takes you out. And you're like, oh, like, whoa. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, um, and all the snuff films, out of all of them, this is the sound I remember the most besides, like, that jump scare in the lawn work film. Oh! That... <laughs> oh God! That ruined me! But I love when horror movies have, like, scenes where a lawnmower is used to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Even love, if I it's... I love seeing that. <laughs> I haven't seen that many. I've seen, like, chainsaws and machetes, but not many lawnmowers. Yeah, The Happening has a really sick one. Oh, it does too! Yeah. I haven't watched that movie in yeah. so long. I just revisited it because I was going to cover it on my channel, but I never got around to it. Oh, you should do but it. But I'm still going to cover it on my channel, so I'm going to have to watch it again. But it was like my favorite, one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, my favorite movies were a Toy Story. How was The Happening your favorite movie? I started watching horror movies when I was, like, five. Oh, um, okay. That's pretty much all I can tell people. <laughs> like, like, Saw has been my favorite movie since it premiered. It premiered when I was nine. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, I watched it on bootleg, actually. And oh, no. I <laughs> was terrified and loved it. I went and, to the movies to see it. Yeah. Because I would have oh, been... Oh, my God, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I would have been 15 or 16 when it came out. Yeah. Because wow, it came out in 2005. Nice. So I can't remember if it was yeah. like before my birthday or after my birthday. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I love the Saw movies as well. <laughs> yeah. I see your poster. Oh, I yeah. It tied on my arm. Like, I love Saw. That's yeah. so cool. Favorite. I, um. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get some horror movie tattoos. I've got to sort that out. Yeah. It's just now yeah. that, because uh, for about eight or nine months, tattooists couldn't work. So, yeah. um, now we are in another lockdown for some parts of Sydney, so the tattooist that I yeah. want to go to, she's like, I'm not back until February when all of this is, like, not happening. And yeah. I'm like, no, I just want, like, a really cool, uh, like, neo-traditional, um, Freddy Krueger glove, like, to fill in, like, a bit I've got here, so I want that there. Yeah. And then maybe, that like, a, awesome. a ghost face with, like, some roses or something. <laughs> Yeah, Ghostface is like, I think he's on my list of getting tatted too, because I love the Scream movies. Oh, I fell in love with them last year, because I'd never watched the whole oh, nice. franchise. So oh, yeah. I, I was late Scream. to falling in love with them too. Yeah. But yeah, it's, the so whole good. series is amazing. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> excited for the next one, so. Yes, me too. It's going to be great. Actually, I just um, released a podcast episode yesterday and um the guest that i had on sydney hampton is a massive fan of scream and had lots of different theories about what's going to happen in the new one so oh. i i refuse to even i'm not even going to be watching trailers because i don't even want to know 
Yeah, I don't want to know anything. Yeah, no. I, I just want to go in. That's it. Go Enjoy in, watch the movie. It, yeah. If someone Enjoy ruins it, it in the yeah. cinema, I'm going to beat them down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm coming for you. With the bat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just follow them home. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I might take that out of the podcast just in case. Right, right. <laughs> I don't want to incriminate myself. Also, right? I'm not that. I really don't have that much of a concentration span to care that much. <laughs> I say it now, but then I'll be like, eh, too much attention yeah, needed. Too lazy. Yeah, right. Mm. Too much work. <laughs> this, uh, after watching these films, though, um, Ellison starts experiencing like noises in the house and. Um, his daughter gets lost in the house to find the bathroom. He goes back. He's watching these films again. He has more noises and he's like, damn it, Ashley. You're trying to pee in the laundry again. <laughs> uh, no, it's his son having the most terrifying night terror I've ever seen in my life. No. I have ideas about that. Yeah. I think that... Well, have you seen the second Sinister? No, not yet, but now I'm intrigued. It's not that good, but it has this whole plot of, like, the ghost kids are reaching out to the kids of the house. Like, you get to see the kids, like, the ghost kids interact, basically trying to recruit the kids. Oh, okay. And I was... I wonder if, like... I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the ghost kids tried to get to Trevor, and that's why he kept having his night terrors. Yeah. And because he was, like, resistant, they just settled on Ashley being the recruited child. Yeah. But I, I have a theory that that's what was going on. Like, the dead children were reaching out to him. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. Um, the, the way that he didn't get woken up straight away, like, he was stuck in a trance like I've seen mm -hmm. I had a partner who did have night terrors and they are scary like they are terrifying mm -hmm. like I'd been physically hurt during you know his night terrors myself and wow. yeah like one time I went to and I had to learn how to like wake him up so that I wouldn't get hurt but he has like he had like grabbed like my throat at one point like just out of like a he had just snapped out of yeah, like, waking yeah, yeah. up and like grabbed me and I was like oh god right <laughs> So I had to learn how to do it without, like, me getting hurt. Yeah. Right. They're really scary. They are... Yeah. You want something that'll keep you up for months? Date someone who has night terrors at least <laughs> once a week. I'll add that to my list. <laughs> I didn't need a horror movie. I had one. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he... This scene where he, like, comes out of the box was really... I really liked this. Because it was so creepy and just really unnerving and we're seeing that the way that he moves is even a little bit um supernatural and paranormal in a way because mm -hmm. he doesn't move like a normal human being Ugh. yeah mm -mm. yeah no that, and... that jump scare got me <laughs> oh yeah that got me too because it's just like what's in it's the like, box ah! <laughs> yeah oh the scream that comes out of him yeah, though the scream. piercing oh. Piercing. I've had, no, no thanks. Yeah. Not again. <laughs> and they take him outside, and it was really nice because, um, you know, Ellison saying to him, "Just look at the stars," and I was like, "Oh, yeah." 
This is probably going to end really badly, this movie, isn't it? <laughs> but they set you up with and some really does. wholesome stuff. That's nice. They do. And, like, they they really try to make this family not just be a bunch of, like, stock, static, annoying, you don't... Like you, I really love that the wife is so supportive. And you see that this is tearing their marriage apart, but she really wants to work and wants to make it work. Like, yeah. and, and I just, I really, I really love that. I really love that. And she's, she's a badass. She doesn't say a lot. She doesn't do a lot, but she, she, what the, what she does say and what she does do is so like yeah. badass and powerful. Really she is like a very strong her. character in the film. Very, very, very because strong. She literally just could have left his ass and been like, no, I'm done with you. And you're literally, literally selfish bullshit. I'm out. Right. Right, like, like, she's married to a selfish, self-absorbed writer that's chasing the high of his one book, and she is, like, sticking with him. I would have been out. Yeah, no. I just would have been like, nah, I got better things to do. But she does tell him, like, if this doesn't work out, and it goes south again, like, I'm taking the kids and I'm out. Yeah, yeah. She does put her foot down. Mm-hmm quite early in the film as well. So you're just like, yeah, she ain't gonna take no shit from nobody. Right. (laughs) I don't like her accent, though, because I'm pretty sure she might be Australian, and she's, like, given an English accent in this film. Oh, no, she is English. I just don't, I don't like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, only I was confused by it only because she was the only one with the accent. I think that's um, why it felt a I bit sh- off. I I guess I shouldn't expect like English actors to always like have an American accent whenever they're yeah. in like American films. But it was I was like, wow, they let her keep her accent. Yeah. It just felt I think just like listening to her accent against like Ethan Hawke's accent is mm-hmm. just like really like ah. And their kids. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, like, uh, she's she's gorgeous. She's a very beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah. human being. Mm-hmm. Um, the next night, he is investigating... Um, I think he's just in his office. He's already started drinking at this point. Um, <laughs> which seems to be a crutch for him because a lot of... Um, not a lot. I mean, like, Deputy So-and-So and uh, his wife bring it up that he's drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and even his wife says, you know, um, you know, you've started drinking quite early on already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also like that they gave her the name Tracy because how many Americans are named Tracy? Like, is that a common name? I don't know. My, my aunt's name is Tracy. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, I don't think I know. Because it feels like a really a British Tracy. name. Yeah. 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 That's she doesn't look like a Tracy, though. Yeah, she does. No. <laughs> no. And it's mainly because all the Tracys I know are really gross. So. Oh. <laughs> I'm just like, maybe I'm just comparing it to that. Yeah, that's probably what it is. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel, that's how I feel about the name Jackie. I only oh. know gross Jackies. Oh, no. It's not redeemable for me at all. Like, <laughs> at all. <laughs> when, um... This scene scared me, I think, because I was waiting for something to happen. And 
So he's in, he's investigating. He sees all these drawings. I don't know who did the drawings. I'm guessing his daughter did. But it's never revealed who put these drawings of Mr. Boogie on the wall. In the attic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. Because he doesn't even seem it to question it. Yeah, no. I think he just thinks... He doesn't question any of the supernatural stuff. He literally just thinks that he's going insane. He's too far into his work. Anytime he grabbed a bat to combat <laughs> the demon that was chasing him, I'm like, what are you going to do? Are you going to hit the demon with the bat? Like, he was so in disbelief that he was experiencing the supernatural this whole film, which made the film, like, a lot better for me. Like, yeah. I'm happy that he was just in denial about it. But, yeah, I'm not surprised that he just brushed off these drawings on the wall. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, oh, I don't know who put those here. Right. <laughs> um, and I would, as soon as I heard noises in the attic, I'd be packing my shit and I'd be out. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Don't need this. No. I have, I have a possum that lives in my roof, right? And I'm convinced oh, no. that it's a ghost rolling a rock around in my roof. And so when I hear it at three o'clock in the morning, I'm like, great, that ghost is coming down through the manhole in the laundry to get me. It's happening. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm going to be killed. <laughs> but I think it's just a possum bored in right, my roof yeah. at 3 a.m. Um, so he is hearing, I think, other noises, but he ends up falling through the roof, which I'd be so pissed about. And, um, the cops end up at his house, the ambulance is there, and this is where he has, he basically recruits Deputy So-and-So to become his sidekick in investigating all this, because Deputy So-and-So wants an acknowledgement in his next book. <laughs> basically. And I was like, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But this is my gripe, right? So he's going okay. through, um, going through like the photos and, and whatnot. And he's like, look, I have a criminology degree and I've done a few forensic science courses. And I'm like, no, you would never do that because I have a criminology <laughs> degree and we weren't allowed to do forensic science because we didn't have a science oh. degree. Oh my gosh, I had no clue that that is a thing. They don't cross over. Like, criminology is a social science. You don't get to go play chemistry that and do forensic science. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you're right, because forensic science is like actual science. Science. Is not, you're right. It is a social yeah. science. It's you're a humanities. So right. If I yeah. wanted to do forensic science, I'd have to go do a science degree. Right. So I was like, you, you, d- no criminologist should watch that scene because <laughs> it, it'll yeah. get you like it got me. I was so annoyed. Lies. I was like, no, no. <laughs> that's not get... how that works. But the thing that he says about forensic science, he's talking about like analyzing crime scenes. I was like, you also don't do that in forensic science, like in a um, like uh, observing type thing and drawing conclusions mm-hmm. from photos, like. Mm-hmm. You'd do that in, like, crime scene analysis, not in a forensic science class. Right. Forensic science is, like, actual, like, DNA. Yeah. Stuff like that, right? Like Drugs, um, being able to take photos at crime scenes, Mm -hmm. um, being able to work out, like, different decomposition rates of bodies, like, that kind of stuff. You're not analyzing photos from a crime scene. 
Right, that doesn't, no. That's on the job training stuff. So he, <laughs> he didn't yeah. have to bring up criminology at all. So I'm really sorry to the writers of this, but research is shit. You got it wrong. Yeah. I'm going to write him a letter and be like, hey, yeah, hey. Like, this is not right. <laughs> I actually have, well, I have a social science degree, but my major was criminology. So I'm just like, I wasn't allowed to do forensics. Right. Unless, unless America's different. That, it could be different here in America. Not too yeah. sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if they would not be smart about it and allow people <laughs> to do, uh, have criminology and do take forensic science classes. But the thing is, a lot of people assume that criminology is forensic science. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, what are you studying at uni? I'm like, oh, criminology. They're like, oh, so you're gonna, you're gonna like do forensic, you're gonna be a forensic analyst, like go to crime scenes and stuff. And I'm like, no, I studied the sociology <laughs> of crime. No. What? Yeah. I don't want to be near crime scenes. <laughs> right. Leave me at my desk. Uh, but yeah, so that was my, that was my plot hole problem. <laughs> I just his whole it, he's in he's in the sequel and he's like basically oh, cool. the protagonist in the sequel and I it 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 makes him in this him in this movie works for me cuz his character is so like dumb like <laughs> for lack of a better term like he's just a bit of an like such a goof yeah, yeah he's just such a goof he's like he's that cop he's the goofy like all first day on the job, cop. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he's not a bad person. He's not a bad yeah. character. It's just like seeing him on screen and then knowing what I know from the second film. I'm like, this guy is so stupid. <laughs> Get him and out he's of just here. Such a stan. He's such a stan. Yeah. Like, he's just <laughs> like, oh my god, and yeah, uh huh, and oh my god, signature and acknowledgments and yeah, yeah, he got bamboozled into being a crime scene partner. Because he's a stan. <laughs> <laughs> what he doesn't realize is that he was manipulated into Entirely. being an informant, like an informant on this whole movie. Yeah. And then now he's in the sequel, so he gets intertwined in all this bullshit. Oh, so. I'm, maybe I'll watch the sequel today. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good movie, but I mean, for the sake of continuing the story, seeing what happens to him, I definitely recommend that. Okay, I'm going to give it a go. The one good thing that the deputy so-and-so does do is introduce Ellison to Professor Jones, who's played by mm-hmm. the guy from Law & Order SVU, who was my favourite. Oh, he's just oh, Law & Order, I think. Yeah, he's in Law & Order. He's great. I can't yeah, I like this Professor character. He, he gives us our um, exposition dump. Um, not too early in the film, not too late. It's not too annoying. It's very precise, straight to the yeah. point. Um, we basically get to know what the fuck is happening as far as those symbols that we saw in the snuff films. Get a little bit of background on Bagul, which makes yeah. sense because we saw those drawings with the Mr. Boogie. The kids call him that because it's easier than Bagul, I guess. Yeah. Like, Bagul is not that hard. <laughs> but also, like, the Boogeyman, and maybe that's what yeah, he tells boogeyman. the kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, ooh, chills. Ooh. I imagine him being as big as Slender Man. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, he's creepy looking. I don't need to not ever see that in person. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Mm-mm. Yes. 
What is really cool is that his conversation with profession, profess, my brain is just not functioning. Like I've been trying to record (laughs) like, like, uh, sessions over the last two weeks. And I'm like, because I'm on leave from work, my brain's just like, oh yeah. (laughs) So I've been doing nothing that like gets the brain stimulated. So yeah. Yeah. Get that jumpstart. Yes. The conversation between Ellison and Jones kind of helps lead to us believing that it's a serial killer. So we're still in this, um, there's a, like, pagan cult, or there's some kind of cult ritual, and that's what we're led to believe. Even though there's all this supernatural stuff happening Mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, After his conversation with Jones, he watches the last video, which is... Uh, lawn work. And it's crazy because, like, by by the time that we get this snuff film, I feel like if you're really embedded in the films, you kind of forget about the snuff films because we go so long without revisiting them. We spend yeah. more time of him in his house, him arguing with his wife, you know, just stuff like that. You know, there were some issues with the kids at school because, you know, sl- the wife is floating slowly leading on that his writing is affecting the family again so we spent a lot yeah. of time there and then they put his right back to the snuff film and then they shave somebody's head off with a lawnmower and i'm like i was not prepared i was <laughs> what not are you prepared mean, this, was, this was turning into a drama and now <laughs> now you brought me right back great thanks exactly <laughs> I'll, I was not prepared for that film and like the sound that it makes as it hits uh the head that scared the shit out of me i was not not prepared but we hear the lawnmower i I literally was so scared i was so scared i i felt like i was under the lawnmower that's how scared i was that's how loud it is as well it's just like yeah "Yeah, you think we weren't gonna scare you again yeah (sighs) Yeah. you thought you were safe you, you spend so much time just seeing the lawnmower move and it's like, mm. you kind of know that he's going to run over these people, but we spend so much time just seeing grass that when a human body appears, it's like, ah! <laughs> it's too soon for you to even close your eyes. You just too oh, soon, oh my too God. Soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. One thing we did, um, sorry, that we should mention is that Jones did reveal a bit about the law of Bagul being a child eater. And that he would lure children in in different ways to devour their soul. So it is important to know that. And so, like I said, it's kind of, we are led to believe that there's like a cult that is worshipping Bagul. And doing these things as like an offering for Bagul. Well, that's what I, when I first watched it, uh, was thinking Mm -hmm. that that's, uh, you know, oh, there's a cult. Um, They're sacrificing children. Creepy. Mm -hmm. Um, and over the next couple of nights, Ellison is woken up in the middle of the night with the projector whirring. Whirring. <laughs> I have that as a, like, a copy-paste, because I sometimes I'll have, like, IMDB notes. Oh, But the yeah. projector's going, <laughs> and, um, it's the murder tree scene. And this scene I really loved. I thought it was so cool that they have the kids um, basically teasing him in a mm-hmm. way, like chasing him around the house. And when they jump, 
they just make the tiniest little creek in the ground. And yeah. I thought that was so cool the way they did that. Yeah. I loved it. Is that weird? Yeah. To say? In no, this no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, especially because, like, you know, he spends a lot of time, like, where are the missing kids? And he, he's in denial that they're dead. Which, yeah. are they dead? Who knows? I don't really know. They're possessed. Maybe they are dead. Who knows? But he's in denial about them being dead. And he will say, like, they're not dead. They're just missing. And this whole scene kind of just is like them fucking with him. <laughs> like, yeah. are we missing? You can't see us. But we're here. <laughs> it's just so cool, this scene. Yeah. And it's like nothing I've ever seen in a, in a supernatural yeah. film. It was no. really no. creative. Yeah. And it's Especially. still, like, it's, it's like, really creepy because you're almost expecting there to be some sort of a jump scare. But yeah. there, I don't think there is one. It's just them, like, running around and, like, appearing and stuff like that. But the thing that terrified me in this is that he goes and checks on his kids. And he thinks they're asleep. Mm-hmm. And next to Ashley's bed is one of the children basically telling her mm-hmm. to be quiet next to a drawing of Bagul and the four family members hung. Oh, well, yeah, four yeah. of them hung. And I just, no. Yeah. Kids as ghosts are creepy. Yeah, I mean, that whole, like, sh- thing, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, anytime yeah. that appeared on screen, I'm like, nope. Nope. Yeah, kids are creepy, though. Kids, if you want to make a horror movie scary, just get a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, the Sixth Sense, because there were heaps of kids in that, wasn't there? Oof. Yes. Yes. I think I watched that when I was quite young. I'm, I can't remember what year it came out, but I remember I being... it was like 99 or something. Okay, so I would have been around like 10 or 11 when I watched it. Because mm-hmm. my dad rented it from the video store and thought it'd be a great idea <laughs> that we all watch it together. It was like, Tom Hanks, great! Cool, Dad. Thanks. And it, it's scary. Yeah, no. I watched that on cable when I was a kid. And I heard so much about Sixth Sense and never watched it. But be, being, like, the self-proclaimed horror person that I was. I was young, too. I was probably, like, 12. And uh, I haven't seen it since because it scared the living <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> well, see, now I really like it. Um, I still hate the vomit scene. That will forever oh, scare me for life. Oh, God. That's... Oh, that's the scene exactly what I was thinking of that scared the shit out of me. Like <laughs> everything else was fine. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> I have a phobia of like vomit and vomiting. And so watching that No is just way! Horrible. Me too! Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And I'm a sympathetic <gasps> vomiter, so like Oh my I can only imagine. I'm it's, I'm not a sympathetic vomiter, but I have like a lot of like GI issues, so I'm constantly nauseous. My stomach constantly oh hurts, no. and I'm like, why would you give this to someone that is yeah. really afraid to vomit? <laughs> yes, yeah, me too. I um I went out for dinner last night with my partner, and I woke up in the middle of the night feeling really nauseous, and then I got anxious because I was worried that I was like had food poisoning and I was going to throw up and then I think I made my nausea even worse because I was anxious about the possibility of throwing up and I just spiraled I laid in bed for like two hours being like I'm going to be sick I just have to deal with that 
And so I woke that's, him up I and I totally was just relate. like, I'm sick. And he like, he sprung the- to action straight away when it got me water. He got me Panadol because like I had stomach cramps and yeah, yeah. it was just, he, I swear he was asleep through the whole thing, but yeah, <laughs> like slept <laughs> through it. The food poisoning scare is so real. Yeah. I've done that before where I wake up and I'm like, do I have food poisoning? <laughs> and then yeah. sit for like three hours like. Oh I think God. I have food poisoning. I'm going to throw up. I just have to peace with the fact that I'm going to throw up. <laughs> yeah. You that is it. me. I love yeah. it. It's so hard and you're to like, talk about this sometimes because people don't get it. Getting the sweats because you're just so yes. anxious and you're like, you're I'm sweating. You're getting all the symptoms that lead you yeah. to throw up, but it's all because of your anxiety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like saliva in your mouth and you're like, oh, there we go. That's it. There, I'm going to throw up. It's it. This is the time. Yeah. That's literally, I go through this like once a week. (laughs) I'm glad I don't go through it that often. When I was in school, it was really bad. Like I was constantly anxious that someone was going to throw up in class. Yeah. Least favorite part of school. Least favorite part of going to school. When I was in college, St. Paddy's Day, I would consider not going to class because people would show up to class like hungover or drunk on St. Paddy's Day people just get i'm like dude like can you wait until after classes to get drunk but no people literally come to class drunk and i'm like i have to stop going to class on saint patty's day yeah i can't be around drunk people because i'm like what if they throw up what if they're gonna be sick every single time it's so irrational people that i've been around drunk that i know don't get sick and know that i have a phobia and will leave and get sick but i don't like going out with people that I have not been around drunk. And if I do, I would be anxious the whole time and then volunteer yeah, that's me too. early. Wow! <laughs> and you people would be it. like, what's your problem? And I'm just like, oh, I just... And my partner knows I don't deal well with drunk people. Um, yeah. Because the possibility of vomit. I can't... No. Yeah. Get away from me. I don't know you. I don't know what you're like when you're drunk. I don't know if you throw right. up when you've drunk too nope. much. I'm out. Yep. But growing up, people would pretend to throw up and it would make me throw up. So I don't do that. I don't like that doesn't happen anymore, but it used to a lot when I was in my teens. Yeah. People still like, I mean, when I was a kid, people would pretend to throw up all the time when I told them that. And that's why I stopped telling people I have an irrational phobia about me because they don't take it seriously. Um, It's gotten a lot better now. But yeah, I'm really happy that I've never been a sympathetic. (laughs) It's the worst. (laughs) I'm not so much anymore. So I, yeah. I um, I just avoid a situation where there's vomit. Yeah, pretty much. That's how you learn to live your life as somebody that has an irrational <laughs> phobia vomiting. You just learn to avoid it. Because people always yeah. ask me, like, how? What do you do? I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I just don't. I just... Um, or if I come close, because like I live in New York, and New York has been pushing these boundaries i've uh walked past i saw a kid vomit at mcdonald's went into shock um somebody on the train sitting across from me um i noticed they were signing and i saw them go like this and then their neighbor handed them a bag and i ran and like ran to the other side of the train um because i was like as long as i don't see it and hear it i won't be as traumatized (laughs) yeah I literally um, um, yeah. would not even go on school um, like excursions because if it involved a bus, because there's yeah. no freaking way I'm get getting stuck on, on a bus with someone vomiting halfway down the aisle. Yeah, no way. That's 
oh god i used to have to take the bus to school every morning i'm like this is the day (laughs) every morning i would be so afraid but yeah new york is pushing the boundaries and i'm happy we're in a pandemic and i have a car and i don't have to go to manhattan as often because i i can drive my car around brooklyn and i'm not forced to take the trains because the trains like you could be exposed to shit vomit piss heroin use like literally anything (laughs) on the trains here in new york yeah. I like I really want to go to New York, but if there's going to be vomit on the trains, I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, it's not I know somebody else that's an emetophobic um here in New York and she doesn't do public transportation at all because of it. Yeah. That's totally yeah, That's fair. that's going to I be get me. it. <laughs> that's, I will literally drive everywhere and just Uber to Manhattan instead of taking a train anywhere. Yeah. It's so yeah, any listeners uh who have a phobia of vomit, we get you. <laughs> We get you. <laughs> Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> Thanks for coming to our TED Talk on Vomit. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> this, there's a couple of nights, sorry, back to the film, where... Yes. Um, so Ellison that night falls asleep on his couch with a baseball bat, and the next day, Deputy So-and-so comes over. Does he actually have a name in the second film, no, or is he's... he still Deputy So-and-so? Oh, I don't remember actually. I think he's oh. still deputy so and so in the fi- in the second film though. <laughs> That's so I love that. Yeah, I think they just stuck with it because like it was so funny. <laughs> I, l- I really like it. It's great. This yeah, is the scene totally where out. Yeah, this is the scene where I was just like this could have been omitted from the whole movie and it would have been fine without it. Yeah. Because this is where um you know, Deputy So-and-So is talking about how he'd never lived there because we've already kind of clued in that this is where the murders, the last murders happened. The family hanging murders. And, um, yeah, just, like, the the topic of conversation about do you believe in the supernatural and blah, blah, blah. It didn't add anything to the film and it didn't take anything away. So. It was, like, it was a very sudden forced heartfelt conversation it was very like we want this character and i don't know maybe they wanted deputy so-and-so to feel a little bit more useful and like show a serious side to him but this whole like serious conversation was definitely unnecessary especially because the movie is like two hours long that's oh, like oh yeah it's like it an hour 45 or something it's like an hour yeah, yeah an hour 45 so it, it, you know you weren't even pressing to meet the one hour 30 minute mark at that point they could have no. just totally cut that out yeah i just didn't and yeah like I, and he says like i'm i've come over to bring you some information and then they don't even discuss the information so yeah. what information did what yeah. was he there for yeah yeah and after this Definitely. this is this scene is why I think they didn't need the deputy so-and-so scene. Because Ashley um, is found to be painting one of the missing children on her wall, and she basically throws Dad under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it kind of just tried to build on this part of the plot where it didn't need to be, like, the deputy so-and-so scene. So mm-hmm. Because we were going to have this argument between the wife and Dad anyway. Right. Because he says, exactly. "I don't want to be here for I don't want to be here for that conversation," and then right. five minutes later, it's happening anyway. So right, and and like we didn't need a scene that showed us that um, Ethan Hawke's character 
doesn't really believe in the supernatural because his actions tell us that. Exactly. Like, we know that he's in denial. We know that he doesn't really believe in the supernatural. Um, we didn't need that tell. Exactly. His, they yeah. do agree. His actions tell us. We didn't need that. I'm a, I'm a big, like, huge enthusiast on um, show rather than tell, and that what's make movies great for me. Um, and... Yeah, that I definitely agree with you with, on that scene for sure. Yeah, and the film would still be strong without that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would have made any difference. Also, found a little bit of a plot hole. Why didn't Tracy just Google the murders in that town? She could it's have done 2012. that. Yeah, she totally could have done that. That's, I mean, when I move somewhere, the first thing I look up is crime that happens in that area. Right. <laughs> I want to know everything. Right, yeah. It's just odd that she wouldn't, you know... iPhones were around in 2012. I had one. Yeah. Maybe she just really trusted him, I guess. But, I don't know. I feel like her personality, she would have jumped the gun and done some research. You'd think that, you know, she's talking constantly about, you know, protecting their children from whatever he's researching. He's you know, mm-hmm. telling um, the the wife, well, Tracy's always saying to him, lock your study door. Uh, telling the kids, don't go in daddy's office. Um, mm-hmm. So something tells me that if... And she's, she's a woman. This is what we do. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> Everything is fishy to me. If my partner was, you know, we all of a sudden had to move so he could write a book, I'd want to know why. And I'd want to know the case that he's researching. And I'd probably find out it was my house. Yeah. Yeah. But also, it's okay that they didn't put that in there. Yeah. Because Because I didn't feel disappointed that she didn't already know. Yeah, and th- the way they revealed that is so intense. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's just, like, it's kind of dropped on us. We don't realize that it's happening, and then she... Because, you know, you're just like, oh, yeah, she's probably going to bring up that this little girl is, like, playing with her, but you didn't think she was going to say, oh, she lived here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, shit. She's the one Dad's writing a book about, and you're like, oh, Dad, you're dead. Right. You are right. dead. Yeah, <laughs> like, she just laid it all out. Laid yeah. it all out. Sorry, Dad. And yep. then I love later. But, the, you know, he, because he is so incredibly selfish, he's saying yeah. things such as, you know, um, it's not like they died in this room and we're sleeping where people were murdered and they had to scrub blood I off know. the walls. I know. That was so... The cognitive dissonance. He was like, they didn't die here. They didn't die here. She's like, wait, they didn't die here? He was like, they died in the backyard. And she's like, you're sick! <laughs> Like, they still died here. You let our daughter play in the backyard. He is so, like, he is so embedded in his work. It's an illness. Yeah. So blinded. So blinded. He's in denial about the danger he's in, his family's in. Like, just, I mean, and art will do that to you, you know? Writing a book will do that to you. I'm I'm a musician. I've been there. Well, I'm not going to fucking move into a death house, but I've been really embedded in my work to where it's affecting the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. 
he's he's like his like idea of this family is so distorted that he's not even handling it with quick care although he says i'm telling these stories of people because it, their stories deserve to be told and it's like and you're like dehumanizing them and not even treating them with care and you're really just doing it so you can get money <laughs> yeah and i love when she turns around and she says yeah you're a real man of the people right yes <laughs> Because she's just like, you don't even care about the impact that this has on us as people. Yeah. It's really... She's just fantastic in this scene. She's very, um... Yeah. Not emotional. She is angry. Yeah. Yeah. And not in a way that I know a lot of movie and script writers put this, you know, typical hysterical woman character in mm-hmm. films. She's she is rationally angry. She yep. is rationally angry. She is calm. Mhm. <laughs> and she doesn't break in she doesn't cry. It's it's really mm-hmm. great that they didn't put in a character that we typically see in these types of movies. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's great. And she still sticks by mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I mean, she didn't leave. Like, she even checked yeah. on him that night. And then, when she closed the door in his office, she didn't slam it. She just closed it. <laughs> See, I would have <laughs> like, still been pissed like, off six hours later. Right, me too! <laughs> I wouldn't even say goodnight. And she, doesn't she put him to bed that night? Yeah. And I, she, like, she wakes puts him, him up to bed like in that. the guest room. Right, they're like, they're still arguing. They're still not yeah. sharing a bed, but she wakes him up and puts him, like, that woman... That is a wife right there. <laughs> yeah. She's like, this endeavor is insane, um, but I support your dreams. Right. So supportive. Yeah. Every she's, writer's she's man's dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just started writing my first book, and I'll tell you what, it's hard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's a fantasy sci-fi YA novel. Um, we'll see how I go. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, keep being. I'm in a planning period. Sure. Yeah, I love like so, young adult novels. I really do. Like, I'm obsessed. I'm, I'm probably gonna read them for the rest of my life because they're just so much fun. They're so good. Um, yeah, they're so good. Um, so oh. yeah, I'd definitely be interested in reading some rough copies. Oh yeah, we'll see how I go. I've written two yeah. words. Because <laughs> oh, I really like planning. Okay. I'm a planner, yeah. so I will spend like six years planning this thing just because I like the planning oh, yeah. process. <laughs> Yeah, more, okay, and I'm like, I hate planning. <laughs> I'm like, can I just do the stuff now? I'll see, I am the other way. I don't want to get to the stuff. I want to just do all the organization and right. the Excel spreadsheets and the mind maps yeah. and then yeah. never get to the project. I'm really surprised I got the podcast going. Right. <laughs> proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of myself too. <laughs> This night, so Tracy has put Allison to bed uh, in the guest room, but he's woken up again by noises in the house, and um, he thinks that Trevor's outside. I think because oh, he mentioned yeah. something to his wife later on that she thought he thought, but he sees Bagul outside of the house, mm-hmm. which <sighs> yeah, that no. jump scare. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> Because then there's also, um, he goes up into, oh, no, this is the night after, sorry. So 
I love that he goes out into the front yard with his baseball bat, thinking that he's gonna fight this bagul guy off. Because still obviously he's still on in to denial. The baseball bat. Still, yeah. he's into denial until like the very last second, <laughs> until it's yeah. too late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so crazy because he goes out there, obviously thinking that he's getting stalked by the serial killer. Mm-hmm. And he comes across the dog who isn't growling at him, he's growling at the five children that are standing, you know, in yes. up the path from Ellison. Yes. And that bit that was enough for me. I was like, get in go inside. <laughs> get away. <laughs> Don't worry about your bat. What do you need your bat for? It's not gonna help you right, against what's yeah. coming for you. Yeah. But he tells his wife, um, Cujo dog Dog like Cujo was outside. I thought Trevor was out there. Night terrors. Um, And I think he goes back to bed, but then he is the film projector running. Mm -hmm. And it's in the attic. Because at this stage, he's packed everything up and he's like, no. No more. I don't want to see these movies anymore. Um, And this... (laughs) This scene... (laughs) will be the end of me because the five (laughs) kids are watching the films and they all turn to him and you know do the shh and I was like ah kids in horror movies stop it yeah (laughs) please don't have mercy (laughs) don't you don't you like your viewers right (laughs) and Bagul appears on the screen before he comes out of fucking nowhere right in front of Ellison's face and Ellison falls down the down the ladder and um, the films and the projector all come after him down, down the hole. Um, I'll tell you what, if I ever move to America, I'm not having a house with an attic. Because <laughs> we just don't have them here. They're not a thing here, oh, unless wow. you purposely build your house to have one. Yeah. They're not an. They're not really a common. And either's a basement. Neither of them are common here at all. Oh really? Hmm. I like really want to have a basement, but some places in America, like some states, don't have like it's not common to have basements. Mostly in the South, I think it has something oh, okay. to do with the dirt. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like obviously in places where there's not a lot of like like in New York City. There's more apartment, it's more apartments yeah. than houses, but I, having a basement is like essential to me. I grew up in Michigan where basements are key to a home. So, um, not so much attics. Attics have always been kind of creepy to me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since I saw that video of like a man living in crawl space. Yes. I've seen that video. No. Nah. I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. I don't want an attic. He could, like, something could live up there. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah. scares me. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> After the, him falling down in that horrific jump scare with Bagul, um, Ethan's out in the backyard. Oh, not e- Ethan. Hawke's character's out in the backyard burning yeah. everything. And Tracy's like, what are you, what's going on out here? It's like, Mind you, also, I forgot to mention that these projectors all turn on at, like, after Mm 3am. So it's, like, 3.23am or something. Yeah. Which 
if everybody knows, and is a huge Ghost Adventures fan like me. Um, 3am is the opposite to 3pm, which is when uh, Jesus either was resurrected. I'm not, um, I know it's yep. like the holy hour. 3pm yeah. is the holy hour, and 3am is yeah. the like mocking of 3pm by demonic spirits. So mm-hmm. there's a little fun fact for y'all. And he's basically telling Tracy, get inside, get all the shit, we're going back to our old house. Which is a beautiful house. Yes. Why didn't they stay there? I would have stayed there. I I thought the same thing. I was just like, why would... That's a total downgrade. (laughs) Yeah. But then we know why. But... Yeah. Um... And during this time, Deputy So-and-So is still trying to get in contact, like, is calling him non-stop. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, three times. But still. <laughs> he goes back home. They're all moving back in. They all seem happy. Uh, the sun's coming up. It's a new day. Everything's going to be great, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Ellison has another phone call with Jonas, who sends him some... Uh, older images of what um, Christians have depicted Bagul as and uh, which all include the symbol that has been seen in the murder snuff films and basically says okay Christians believed that Bagul was this um, that the images were a gateway for Bagul to come through so that's why there's not a lot of images of him and basically he comes in uh, contact with children who are really vulnerable and he basically possesses them and then takes their soul. Um, Ellison goes back up into the attic, he's putting boxes away, and the black box is back with the projector and all the films. With extended cut endings. Mm-hmm. Which he watches. And what does he find out? Well... <laughs> The missing kids that he didn't think were dead <laughs> were actually the murderers all along. Plot twist! <laughs> I, plot twi- actually, I love plot twisted movies. Yes. I love them. I loved yeah. this one. Yeah. It was, um, it was done really well. Mm-hmm. Because for like, so long... I mean, they made it set, they set it up to where we're just like, oh, Bagul's doing it, and then he's yeah. eating the kids. But yeah. then, like... So like you you you're, you you believe this you're sold on this this still works the movie is still great with just Bagul being the evil thing but then you realize that the kids are possessed and killing their whole family yeah we're gonna fuck <laughs> this shit dipping. up <laughs> yeah. right see ya they're, and then and they record it <laughs> and they're like That's bye the gonna go to go summer camp now <laughs> yeah when we realize that the kids are the ones filming these snuff films. Ugh. Wow. But shortly after he sees these films, Deputy So-and-So calls him and basically says, hey, by the way, um, every murdered family had basically lived in the house before, like, the next murder happens. Mm-hmm. And so he says, you know, you can draw a direct line between each of these things. Not only have you sped up the process, but you've also put yourself straight in, like, his line of site you're next mm-hmm. um and that's while he's watching these films 
mm-hmm. seeing these kids come up and he's like, oh, there's Stephanie. So Stephanie was actually the one who was jumping on the tree to break its branch. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then she goes and swings off her dad's legs. Which is weird as hell. <laughs> I was like, fuck off. No. Yeah. What the fuck? I love that they gave us two plot twists at the end, though. Because, like, we get the kid plot twist, and then we get the whole, like, moving is what actually killed them. And then you wonder, like, yeah. is Bagul driving these people to move out of the house? Because he, I mean, it's supernatural. It's weird. It doesn't make sense. But essentially, like, Bagul can't attack until they move out of the house. Like, he yeah. has to make it so the legacy continues, I guess. So that's yeah. why they do that. Um which is still really interesting yeah. that that connected all of the victims together. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise there'd be no connection between them. So they really thought right. about this when they were writing. Like, how are we going to make it so that one victim's family basically um, is the catalyst for the next family's murder? Right. Exactly. Um, at this point, Ellison... Um, I love when he's drinking the the cup of coffee and he's just gone, oh fuck. Yep. Because there's a little note next to it that says, good night daddy, from Ashley. And this is where we realise that their family is going to be murdered. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought, because I hadn't seen it in so long, so when I watched it the other day I was like, oh they get away, right? Because there's a second movie. Oh! No! Oh, poor no. you. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I remembered. I, like, I remember that ending. <laughs> I didn't remember the ending. Um, maybe because yeah. I had my eyes closed the entire movie. But... Yeah. <laughs> and this really creeped me out because uh, Ellison wakes up. He's bound and gagged. And so is Tracy and Trevor. And Ashley comes in with the fucking camera, the 8mm camera filming the family. And I was just like, okay. This reminds, reminded me that through the film, there are scenes where there is a light on in on Ethan while he's sleeping mm-hmm. before we hear, like, a projector go on or before he hears sounds in the house. Yeah. So Ashley has been, like, filming yep. her families while they're sleeping. Yeah. And Just I been think, a little creep. like, that scene... It's, like, very short and brief, but where she, like, asks her mom to help make his coffee, you know, like, yeah. to drug him. Um, crazy. This whole She was plotting this whole time. Her and Stephanie. <laughs> yep. Her and Stephanie and Mr. Boogie. Yep. <laughs> and, we, and I'm really grateful that we don't see the murders. Yes. And I think that that's... Even in the snuff films, we don't really see a lot... There's not a lot of blood and gore in this film at all. Yeah, we don't see them. We see the reflection in his glasses of a few of them. Yeah. But, like, that whenever, like, there's um, actual, like, action happening in the snuff films, they cut to Ethan Hawke's reaction. Yes. So we don't see it. We just see him, like, wanting to die from watching these people die. <laughs> yeah. Especially the lawn work movie. That can just... Yeah. Yeah, no. Put it in the box. <laughs> they should just take that out of the film for everybody's yeah. sake. And then, uh, so 
she <laughs> this just really disturbs me when she's like going through the house and painting symbols because mm-hmm. she's a little artist and I'm just no no not allowed and she's With painted like a, a dog yeah. <laughs> on the wall and I'm like what the fuck and then she rewatches the film of her murdering her entire family and um She's, like, drawing the next murder on that, uh, mm-hmm. like, a piece of paper where her dad had all the other murders printed out on. And I was like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? <laughs> um, and then the last scene is the 8mm where the missing children are all staring out of the hallway. Like, the hallway in their house, but it's on their on the film. Mm-hmm. And then they all run away because Bagul shows up. Um, and he basically picks Ashley up and teleports into the film, and that's it. Besides the closing scene where the box of films is in the attic with Ashley's reel. Which I can't remember what she named it. What did she name their families? I I don't remember. Hmm. I wonder what, what I wonder if it's somewhere. No. We could definitely Google it. Yeah. But that is the film that has basically terrified me since 2013 at least. Rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't when I first saw it when it came out, I honestly wasn't expecting to be so afraid cuz I think by that time I was like a senior in high school. I hadn't watched a film that like scared I've watched horror films that I liked but I haven't watched one that scared me in a long time um and that one took the cake I watched it like my senior year spring break because I spent that whole spring break watching movies because I'm not a normal person I don't party on spring break who does that um oh (laughs) I'd be the same watch movies right Um, that's what I've done for the last three weeks (laughs) right (laughs) um and I I was I was terrified and like I said I watched it again with family later that year and I wasn't as afraid because I was like with people and I don't think I was really paying attention but last night I'm just like that final scene where they're just like zooming out of the box (laughs) of snuff films it's like no no someone else Um, is gonna have to watch that now I'm gonna look up what her um her film is called um Sinister Ashley's film name because obviously in Sinister 2 it'd probably come up, right? I honestly don't. I hated that movie so much. I remember, like, very little things. I remember, like, <laughs> Deputy So-and-So, the main plot, maybe... Uh, I... Oh. Oh. House, house painting. painting. House painting. Oh. No, see, they just lure you in. They look so innocent and so sincere and wholesome. House They're not. Painting. Ugh, yuck. How cute a house painting. <laughs> it's like, uh, no, not cute no. at all, actually. <laughs> no, that is not it. For a, um, for a palette cleanser, um, I have a question that I ask all guests. Uh, before we yep. wrap up, what is the last horror movie you watched besides Sinister? Oh, God. Okay. 
I watched Alone 2020. Um, there are two movies called Alone that came out in the year 2020. I watched the wrong one. And <laughs> it took me, I was about an hour in because I started reading reviews on Letterboxd. And I was like, this is not the same movie. So I Googled <laughs> and I was like, okay, there's two movies. So then I read the reviews for the movie I watched. Turns out everybody else has watched The Wrong Alone 2020 <laughs> and hated this movie just as much as I did. <laughs> and I was so happy to see that I You're wasn't like, oh, the only God. one. Right, because I read one review, and I was like, oh, I did the same thing and commented. And then I was like, every single review is about how they watched the wrong. So there's two alone 2020s. I don't remember the director name, but if you watch an alone 2020 and there's a blonde-haired, blind chick, that's the wrong movie. And I'm going to watch the right alone 2020 tonight as my, like, wind-down time. um, Because it's on Shutter, isn't it? kind of late. I think it's I on Shutter. I think so. I think I was going to just rent it on Amazon Prime, but I, I think oh, okay, it yeah. might be on Shutter. Yeah, I'll check. Cuz it's like hashtag it, alone, but... isn't it? Maybe I'm thinking of something oh, else. Oh. Which is a different I think you're thinking oh, of something else. That's like a whole other one. Of... Yeah. Okay. So oh my god. Many. They like please get creative with your names horror movie creators because <laughs> i do not need to i literally was watching this movie i was like this cannot be the 3.2 star movie i see on letterbox like this movie is aw- the acting is so bad from the start like before we even get into the plot which is just trash and confusing the acting is so like it's like I don't know if you've ever taken a theater class, but I'm a theater major, so I've taken several. And there's, like, some theater classes that are not specific for the major, so a lot of non-theater majors would take it, but they would still require to act. And their acting is just trash because they're not theater majors, which is, like, expected. That's how the acting was in this movie. For everyone. I went to a a performing arts high school, and I had to do drama in Year 7, so it'd be, like, me, who was a musician, going and doing... (laughs) I had to do a drama class instead of doing, like, art. And I was just devastated. No it's like, everyone no else good. in my yeah. year gets to do art except for, like, yeah. three classes. Like, yeah. three performing arts classes. So that would have been me in drama. I was terrible at drama. Yeah. I'm not an actor. But... <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not easy. It is not. Uh, so no. anyone who thinks... I mean, even they... I, with the degree, still struggle with, like, making my acting believable. <laughs> Yeah, it takes practice. And obviously the people in uh, the version of Alone that you watched did not practice. No. (laughs) No, it's awful. Did they even do script reading together? Like, run lines together? Probably not. I don't even know, but it didn't feel like it. It just felt so (laughs) shittily thrown. I was confused. I don't even know what I watched. I don't know what they were trying to do. I haven't watched a movie that bad in a long time. And not like... And that was just bad. It wasn't even so bad. It was good, like, The Room, because I watched The Room recently, um, Uh, which is one of those, like, cults, so bad it's good. Um, And I only watched that because I love disaster artists so much. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, no, it was awful. I'm so sorry. I'm so mad. I was so upset that I spent my night watching that. (laughs) Well, at least I know to avoid it. Um, You would have had to pay for it. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, I bet they're banking on that, though. They're like, oh, yeah. let's get oh, the suckers for sure, in. For sure. 
For sure, because we're all watching the wrong damn movie. <laughs> oh, I'd refund. I'd be like, no, refund me. No. Yeah, I, I'm like, you don't, dude, this you is don't not deserve, what I wanted. No. But also keep my cash and get some acting classes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So we are at the end of the podcast. I'd want to say a massive thank you for joining us. And if you would like to be found on the internet, where can we find you? Yes. Um, I am on Twitter at ghosty. Um, you can follow my YouTube channel where I talk and review horror movies. I'm on a little bit of a hiatus right now, but I will be back the first week of February. I'm already planning that. Um, so I'm at Ghosty as well. That's G-H-O-S-D-E-E, Ghosty. And you can also follow my letterbox if you're into checking out reviews. I'm Ghosty on Letterbox, And my Instagram is Disco Llama. Like Disco- a disco-ing that. llama. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Don't forget that you can find TGIF on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGIFpod. If you love the podcast, please do subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. You've been listening to TGIF. Until next time.